0: The volume. Oral Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. FanDuel is the best. They're America's number one sports book. It's so easy to use, safe and secure. What more do you need to hear here? There's fast payouts, too. As quick as two hours. What a turnaround. And there's so many different bet types as well. The same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures. There's risk-free bets and the same game parlay bets, enhanced odds markets. There's so much more. It's fantastic. It will not let you down. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9889 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hi, everybody, welcome to The Sessions, the podcast where I speak to some of the coolest people from around the world, um, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I will be completely transparent with you. This is the third intro I've done for this show. Um, one, I can hear my daughter crying, that's a, a, definitely a distraction. Secondly, I keep having like these incredible brain farts where I just truly forget what I'm talking about. Anyways, guys, the holidays are almost here, it's nuts. I'm trying to get my shit together, I'm trying to get on my present spot, trying to get all my stuff shipped up to Canada. I need to get I'm trying to get the house decorated. It's also my daughter's very first Christmas. Oh my God. Obviously it's super fun having a baby at Christmas time, but I cannot wait. Like as much as this is cool, all I'm thinking in my head is like, I can't wait for her to be like three or four. And she like really believes in Santa Claus and we can just mess with her. With all things Santa and reindeer and elves, which by the way, did you guys see my Instagram about Mick Foley? Um, I mean, you guys know how much he loves Christmas and that he is basically actual Santa Claus. Um, But he wrote this really sweet Santa letter to Nora and it was just, oh my God, perfection. That man, when none of us deserve him, he's just the best. Gotta get Mick Foley in the podcast. The request has been sent out. My people are talking to his people, AKA, I DM'd him and he DM'd me back anyways guys let's get into this episode this was a ton of fun getting to talk to um the anxious millennial cowboy himself i'm um, the aew world champion hangman adam page he's a new father winter is coming is around the corner lots happening in this man's world let's get to it here he is here's hangman hi what's going on in your world you busy or what uh,
1: no, <laughs> you know, just nothing going on. No, nothing at all. No, <laughs> nothing not at all.
0: <laughs> Good. Also busy over here. You know, there's lots. How's being a dad? What's dad life like for you?
1: It's a war zone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We're sleeping some now. Uh, that was like the worst part at first was like every, you know, two or three hours. It's like, awake. and like, it's not even as bad for me because like he's crying in the middle of the night. I,
0: I can't feed him. I can't do anything about it. John and I were very much like that, where it was like, all right, well, there's not much that you can do in the middle of the night, so I'll handle this. I'll man this for now. But yeah, now that Nora's like sleeping more and she's got it together a little bit more, I'm like, all right, now you can get up and give the baby a bottle in the middle of the night.
1: So we tried that like a week ago because my wife was like, she said, like, I haven't slept an entire night all the way through, you know, in three months. We made a plan. Like, I was going to get this bottle warm when he woke up in the middle of the night. I was going to give him the bottle, put him back to sleep, whatever. And it went on for like, it was at least an hour in. And he's just screaming, like, won't won't take the bottle whatever. And finally, like my wife gets up and comes in the room like, okay, fine. I'll do it, whatever. And I'm just like, get out. You know what I mean? Like, I've been at this for an hour. And, uh, you know, if I put this much time in it, like, you're going to sleep. Go back to sleep. She had to feed him. It didn't work.
0: It's unfortunately just kind of the way that it goes. We're like, babies want their moms. You know, it is what it is. As much work as you guys put in and you put in those like good, solid dad hours babies just want their moms. So sleep is a a long forgotten thing. What has been, um, I guess, like the biggest revolution with having a baby? Like, did you have experience with babies before? Because I had none. No,
1: I didn't know anything about babies, like not anything about babies. So I would like, I got the books. uh, I read one book and then Bryce uh, Remsberg, our referee, gave me another book that I read and I would read it and I would think like, oh, wow, that's great, cool. I'm glad I know this. And I shut the book. And the next morning, I like, I wouldn't remember any of it. Um, <laughs> it did nothing. So I had no experience with babies. I might as well have not read the books for as much as I retained. Yeah. So just trying to figure it out.
0: What about changing diapers? What's the situation there? You Do you have like down pat? Or are you like quick on the draw now? Or like, where are you at?
1: Well, we're both good. Yeah. It's just boom, 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 boom. I'm a little risky though. My wife says like, I take too much time. Like I leave him aired out too much.
0: That's John. John's like, I'm just letting it breathe a little bit. I'm like, well, that's on you when she shits herself again in a moment.
1: I've been pretty successful so far. I have gotten peed on like just like one or two times I'm changing his diaper. He's already peed, you know, he's not going to just start peeing again all of a sudden. And he usually doesn't
0: for like you and your wife. Have you guys been able to have any um, alone time, any romantic time for you and your wife?
1: let's see. My sister got married this past weekend. We took him uh, and his his grandma took care of him for a little bit. So we got to kind of be away for a second. But honestly, it's been three months. We haven't had obviously like a night away from him or anything like that yet.
0: Oh, I couldn't even imagine. It would make me like, makes my stomach turn to even imagine that. I could not.
1: I, I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know. I'm not... Well, I mean, I guess I've had, you know, a night away from him. <laughs> At the hotel, which I feel terribly guilty about, but damn, I sleep so good.
0: (laughs) I remember saying that to John because he was like so sad to be leaving. I was like, as much as I understand, I respect that you're sad right now. I'm so envious that you are getting a night's sleep with like no distractions in a hotel room. Like that sounds like my absolute dream right now.
1: And sleep is incredible. And I'll always like get like almost the last flight to wherever we go on Tuesday as soon as I can get in that bed, I'm in, and then as soon, like the latest possible I can stand to get out of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's great.
0: Um, okay, so I saw on your Instagram the other day, are you actually related to the person that invented the Virginia is for lovers tagline?
1: Yeah, and I think probably more closely related than I know. I don't know, my grandpa like knew him. They were like related enough to know each other. Um, I don't know this man. His name is George Waltz. I don't know. He was, uh him and I guess some other guy had started an advertising agency that came up with it that's now the Martin Agency in Richmond in Virginia, which I went on a field trip there when I was in 12th grade. And I didn't find out until after the fact that like my great cousin had started this advertising agency. But yeah, we're distantly related, never spoken. Uh There's no like... You know, state motto, add money
0: flowing through. <laughs> so the I was, I was like really curious about that. I'm like, yeah, like I wonder if you like get paid for something like that, or like what the family is like that's getting like residuals from something like Happy Birthday or like Jingle Bells. Like, how does that go?
1: Happy Birthday has got to be a big money maker. Yeah,
0: charge people every time they sing it. Every party, everyone gets dinged. Send in your pennies. They must.
1: Virginia's for lovers. Uh, probably made somebody some money.
0: I hope so. Well, not you, anyways. I guess you never got any of it. Um. Are you a lover? What kind of romantic advice do you have? Give me some of that. Give me the softer side of hangman. How long have you and your wife been together?
1: Kind of since high school, you know, obviously like high school kids trying to figure it out um, and then started dating when we were in college and got married. I guess I was 25. So we've been married five years. Like I love sitting in the locker room and listening to some of the guys talking about like the girls they're dating or, you know, whatever, like, I have no idea what any of this is about. I have no concept of how it works. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I have, I don't have dating advice. Um,
0: What was like the last romantic thing you did for your wife? I feel like there must be some things and you're not even thinking about them or you just really dropping the ball. People want some romance from the cowboy. People love a romantic cowboy. You gotta like, we gotta get a little romance happening here.
1: I wish she would yell out the answer cuz I don't know. <laughs> I want I want to
0: know from her. Cuz like I feel like John does like very though I I feel like if somebody were interviewing John and asked him that he'd rattle off a bunch of things and like really overtell the story of like a small romantic gesture. He oversells shit big time. I,
1: I guess I maybe hopefully I'm underselling by listing nothing. Uh, <laughs> and telling the full truth. Um, a romantic gesture isn't always something grand. It's getting up in the middle of the night and trying to give the baby the bottle. Yeah, I don't know that I have anything
0: super. Wow, you're really disappointing a lot of the ladies that are listening. Oh my right god,
1: now. I know I'm disappointed,
0: and myself. the men because you should be giving the men pointers. Because I mean, have I done
1: anything good lately? Yeah, <laughs> well, what was it? My wife's going to get a massage Monday. I'm not even giving the massage. I do, but- I, am, I,
0: am I a fail? You're dropping the ball a little bit, but honestly, a massage for your wife. I was actually like kind of putting like hints out like that recently where I was like, "Mm, what I would give for like a spa day. I would love nothing more. So you're doing the right thing. I mean, your wife's shoulders for sure hurt. She's carrying around a baby all the time and everything else that she's doing. So a spa day is a a nice gesture because you know what? You know what's bullshit about like when your husband or boyfriend or significant other wants to give you the massage, it's nice and all, but it always just turns into having sex anyways. And you're like, as much as that was lovely. I just really wanted the
1: massage. <laughs> you just really wanted the massage. You wanted to know it was gonna last 60 minutes yeah. of massage.
0: Yeah, I didn't want a five-minute massage. Then I'm like, all right, <laughs> what's going on back there? This is some bullshit. <laughs> okay, so you're not into tons of romantic stuff. What kind of cowboy shit are you up to?
1: You know, a little bit of cowboy shit here and there. Uh, <laughs> my dad, uh my dad's a farmer, so he has a farm and they've uh recently built kind of like a treehouse kind of thing, like out in the middle of this cow pasture.
0: Cool. Um,
1: super cool. So we got to spend some time out there recently. Like after my sister got married, we drove out there and out in the middle of this pasture and cooked hot dogs and like little sticks out on the fire and all that stuff. Um That's nice. You know, every week check in my little Spotify list and see if there's any Decent, you know, music that i want to hear
0: okay where are we at with the music for you because i remember you and i spoke before and we were talking about orville peck because i feel like he should be way up your alley you should be waving that orville peck flag because he's the best what have you added to your spotify
1: he's the absolute best i have like a whole um playlist of stuff that i, I put out
0: do you like share this with your fans and stuff yeah,
1: I did that. I did that. Oh, I've this not seen this. Like, like early pandemic time when I was sitting at home uh, and no one was going anywhere and I wasn't like wrestling for two months. I wanted to do something. So I put together like a Spotify playlist. Let's see. It's titled Anxious Millennial Cowboy, <laughs> all in uh, lower caps. So there's, uh, or lower, lower case, lower, cap, lower caps is not But yeah, there's plenty of stuff on there. Um, yeah, Orville Peck, one hundred percent. I felt like when I when I heard his music for the first time, I thought like, oh, this is what I've been looking for for you know the past five or six years because I wanted to like country music, but damn, I just didn't until I kind of you know fell into that stuff.
0: You went down the rabbit right, hole, Yeah,
1: and, and and fell deep down that I guess more alternative country rabbit hole.
0: I really felt the same way when I heard Orville Peck. My brother had actually introduced me to him, and I was like. Oh my God. Like I played it and I was like, this is what I should be listening to all the time. He's so spectacular. Um, what other kind of like new wave country is there that you've gotten into? Or do you like kick it old school? Where do you go?
1: Uh a little mix, a little mix. Like I'm looking at the thing just so that I I know that I have answers. Uh there's a guy named Dale Hollow. I guess he's he opens for Orville a lot of times that, that I really like. And he just sent me like a package of like, t-shirts and koozies and all that kind of cool stuff so yeah he's he's super great super funny um uh, and then it's like some older stuff too i really like merle haggard a lot i think he's, he's really like my favorite like you know from the past i guess
0: what about like any like ladies in country because i mean i'll get down to shania all day every day a little faith hill maybe too. a little reba uh,
1: i love dixie chicks obviously love it. um and uh who oh there's this girl uh sarah shook and the disarmers, I don't know. I just, I like her voice a lot. She's apparently a North Carolina girl too. I didn't, I didn't know that. Like when I I found her music, but I like her stuff a lot too.
0: That's how I sort of feel about Orville Peck when I was like, oh my God, wait, you're from Canada as well. Like you are my shit. I'm obsessed with him. I can't believe that I've not been able to see him in concert, but um, Cash Wheeler went to one of his concerts and he brought me back some Orville Peck merch. So he will always be in my good graces just for that alone.
1: I got to go to a concert. It's been a month or two ago. It was like a Tuesday night before Wednesday TV. So then I changed my flights around whatever and just kind of like went to a concert by myself. It was weird, but like not as weird as I thought.
0: What did you do? Do you just like grab a drink at the bar and then like hang against the wall? What's like your what's your move at a concert solo?
1: I'm a wall leaner. Yeah, hundred percent, or at least I guess I was because it was just me, you know. And then like there were some wrestling fans like I get like as soon as I got there, I got in line to get a beer or whatever. And the wrestling fans like right behind me. Who, uh, When I realized it was cash only, I didn't have cash. Uh, so they bought me a beer. <laughs> uh, nice. And then I was a wall leaner for the, most <laughs> the rest of the night.
0: What is your go-to drink? I don't know. I don't have one. Whatever's free.
1: <laughs> That's usually <laughs> Whatever's it. there. I am still cheap as hell. And I will pay as little as possible for anything that I can. So whatever's free, whatever's there is is typically uh, what I go for.
0: Now, while I can appreciate some frugality, You're the AEW world champion. You're making some cash. Have you splurged on anything yet?
1: The last pair of boots I bought was like 2017 or 18. I mean, they're great, but I finally splurged and got some Cayman boots from the same company. It's Quadra. It's like a Mexican boot company. They're the, the absolute like most comfortable thing I've ever worn on any part of my body, any point in my life. It's they're incredible. That was the only thing, and that wasn't even really like a splurge.
0: How much did they cost? Like, what does something like that run you?
1: Five hundred, six hundred dollar pair of boots. Come on. That's my splurge. Like, I don't, I don't spend money. I stow it away because this does not last long.
0: That's smart.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't spend much money now.
0: No, that is the smart way to go. Truly. I remind myself that, but I feel like I like reminding other people that as well, because you're right. I mean, this only lasts so long or you find yourself in a pickle, where you're like, oh, wait, damn, it was nice making all that money for a bit. But now I've not been doing that for a little while. And you find yourself kind of trying to squirrel away a little cash any way that you can. It can be a little scary.
1: I don't want to like, live super luxurious for a few years. I want to live you know, well for my whole life. So, yeah, I'm a cash hoarder.
0: What about your gear? Because I think you have some of the best wrestling gear in all of wrestling. I am a huge fan of it. Where do the ideas come from? Who do you work with? And you must drop a little cash on that.
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> but that's a write-off. So that's totally different. That's not real money. That money never existed, really. Most of my gear, I've drawn up on this computer and then sent to the guy that makes my gear.
0: From your graphic design background.
1: Yes. which. I'm not very skilled. I wouldn't ever, I I wouldn't say that I I have the skill, but I have the ability to actually at least do something. So I'll draw stuff up on the computer, send it to him. He'll make it. I should have some uh, new stuff you might would enjoy for, uh, I guess, winter is coming.
0: I hope that we get a cow print out of you at some point. We need more like cow print happening
1: like cowhide print yeah 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 that would be really cool that'd be great for Winners coming actually
0: it would be it would be great for winter it's coming should we revamp should we email the guy really quick should we loop him in on the call and just ask for a quick little little last minute change put a little rhinestone on there a little jolly parton inspiration perhaps
1: i could just put dolly parton on the side of it
0: oh my god i would love nothing more personally what a fan
1: would i get trouble for that you think just her face
0: right I don't know. I don't know how copyrights like that work. I'm not smart in that world. I have not a clue. Not a clue. With big fights every week, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot and join the action on FanDuel Fight Nights because right now you can place your first bet risk-free That's right. You're going to get up to 1,000 bucks back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from. There's parlays, round props, method of victory bets, and so much more. FanDuel is the number one rated sportsbook app in America. It's incredibly easy to use. It's such a no-brainer. Plus, it's safe and secure. And real quick, fast payouts. So you get that money right back in your pocket. ASAP, one of my favorite features. You got to stay rich, you know, keep that money in your bank account. This app is so easy to use that when you win, you actually get paid in as little as two hours. So with FanDuel in your corner, you'll always get exclusive odds boosts, great promotions, and so much more to make your FanDuel fight night even more exciting. That is... Is why they are America's number one sports book. So sign up with the promo code Renee to bet risk free up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That is promo code Rene, Renee, R E N E E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Or text next step to 53342 for Arizona, 1 800 gambler, or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1 888 789 7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 270 71117 for confidential help in Michigan. TN Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Okay, you're the AEW world champion. How is it being at the very tippy top of your business? How are you feeling with everything? Let it out. What's going on?
1: It's great. It's a little surreal. I don't know that ever will sink in at this point. You know what I mean? It's also a little frustrating. Why? Because I've worked so hard for so long. I've won this championship and I have not gotten to wrestle a match since I won it. Uh, And it's been... (laughs) Three or four weeks. uh, And I've been asking for a match with uh, Brian Danielson since, you know, the Wednesday after the pay per view. Like, I haven't gotten to wrestle since then. So it's kind of like frustrating as well. I'm sure it probably feels that way for like people in other sports who, like, you know, you you win the Super Bowl or whatever. And then like you just don't play football for a long time.
0: Right. Yeah. You just, yeah. You're, it's like you're off season all of a sudden,
1: which is not like what I want at all. So that's a little frustrating. But otherwise, incredible feeling, incredible feeling to know that. You know, like all of, I guess, myself that I put into everything since, you know, AEW started, it wasn't rejected. It was embraced. It actually helped me achieve something, you know, because it, it totally could have went the other way where people just, you know, like shit on who you are or whatever, especially when you become so vulnerable and try something different. Uh, but it worked. So it's an incredible feeling.
0: Vulnerability is key, though. I feel like that is, you got to put yourself out there. And I mean, I just feel like this, like, swell of adoration for you from all wrestling fans. I mean, it is really cool to see and with like the long-term storytelling that has been done with you to get you to this point, how has that sort of felt living that out?
1: I wouldn't even talk about at least my journey to the AW world championship as like some kind of grand scheme that was hatched on day one or something like that, because it never was, at least to me it was never that way when AEW started and and i you know realized i was going to be suddenly like i was just the guy like losing all the bullet club multi man matches i was you know not to say a nobody but i certainly wasn't like the main event guy who was suddenly going to be main eventing the first ever title match in AEW like i knew people wouldn't buy it and it didn't matter what i said it didn't matter what i did in the time between it was too fast it was too soon i knew people might they would be forgiving they would you know go oh yeah okay okay but i knew deep down they wouldn't buy it it felt like i got off on the wrong foot and i wanted to rectify that and it felt like the only way you can is to be vulnerable and to you know what I mean let that loss and that disappointment come out you know what i mean over like a long time and every week we would get to tv and it would it wasn't like some grand scheme of how do we get back to adam page winning the world title I just would think like, how do I feel about this? Like, what would I feel about this? And okay, let's do that. This week.
0: It's pretty interesting, even just like, um, I mean, I'll kind of date this because this episode won't come out until Tuesday, but um, AEW's Twitter put out the other day. I'm sure you saw it like, what would you rather see? Hangman Adam Page lose the world title or CM Punk lose his uh, undefeated streak? <laughs> and the internet was up in fucking arms. They're like, you cannot let him use, lose the title. Absolutely not. Like, you were trending for a while. Like, while well, AEW was not on television, this was just a moment that was happening and people were freaking out. I love seeing something so organic happen and being able to see the follow through with that. And for fans to get the payoff for that, it's so important. I feel like fans so often get burned on things like that. So it's nice to see them and for you, obviously, to to get those moments. Do you have really crazy fan experiences?
1: I'm trying to think of something like super crazy.
0: Like, I, I don't think
1: anything out of the norm that most of us have all experienced, you know?
0: I feel like women must get very upset that you're married. Does this happen? Does your wife get on the receiving end of something? Probably,
1: (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know that I pay attention to like that stuff enough to know. What gets me, this, man, this is really starting to cheese me off. (laughs) has been the people, and I won't even say fans. I would say like the people in like our hotels. Like you might as well just be on my front fucking doorstep. This is my house for the week and you were in it. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. Like, we were, I think we were in Chicago. And I was coming through the hotel lobby trying to get across the street to the building or whatever. And the guy's got, like, an action figure, you know, whatever. And, and I'm, I'm moving, you know. I'm just going. I'm like, I'm sorry. I got I to gotta run, whatever, whatever. And he just keeps yelling and yelling, and yelling, you know what I mean? Like not taking no for an answer. And like, as I'm going through the door, he, he yells like, well, you signed in Kansas City. And all I can think is like, what are you doing here in my hotel in Chicago? If you <laughs> saw me in Kansas City, <laughs> what is going on? So like, it's, yeah, it's a lot of like the same people. Like
0: That would always blow my mind too with WWE where I'd be like, wait, I just saw you in the town that we were in last week. And like, I've flown home and then flown to another state. Did you do the exact same thing? Like who's funding this? I don't get it.
1: Maybe there's some like I don't know elite secrets aside of people who who just hate wrestlers and they they fund these people to harass us. I don't know.
0: There was a fan that used to always be front row in WWE he had like long hair and he was like always there, I think with like his mom or something, but there was like this like big rumor that he was like Vince's love child and part of the deal was that Vince had to pay for him to be at every show. <laughs> I love when stupid shit like that exists and people like lean into that story. I'm like, Oh my God, tell me about it. Please tell me this is real. I mean, obviously it's ridiculous, but yeah, it always blows my mind that, that people can just bounce around from state to state and show up to, to every show in every hotel room. But it does really feel like people are like on your front lawn. I used to always get stressed out being like, I just want to run down to the lobby to go grab a coffee, but I'm in like my sweats. I don't have any makeup on and people want to take a photo. You feel like a dick.
1: My rankings list, like, Worst is hotel, right? Second worst is airport because it's that's that's still like more of a public place than my, than my home for the week,
0: but it's usually really early in the morning, right?
1: Or for me, it's also late at night too when I'm getting into the town. That's when it is for me. This week, there was like 20 people like swarmed yeah. me in a circle, so I couldn't escape this time, like there's no out, so I had to sign my way out of the circle. And I guess I didn't get everybody because I saw my bag, whatever. So I walk, and this is at LaGuardia, I think. So I walk, like, it's almost like a half a mile to walk to the Uber pickup. And I have that feeling, you know, when someone's watching you, and I look over my shoulder as I get to the Uber pickup. And there's one of them, like, that's followed me essentially to my Uber. And at this point, I'm like, no, i like, no, I can't. I can't do this. Like, you can't, like, follow me to my Uber. This is weird. Like, whatever. And then he's just, like, going off on me about it as I'm trying to load my bags into the Uber. My tier list, bottom of the list, is in the hotel with me. Above that is airport. Fans outside the building day of the show, you know, that's okay. I understand that. Because if you if you think like, oh, I would love to see so-and-so like in real life, more of an acceptable place to to show up. But on the flip side, top of the list people who send me very nice messages about what, you know, my character story meant to them. They're awesome. Even better than that, like people who do uh, incredible like fan art or like, I don't like some guy did like an entire, almost like a documentary series about, you know, my past two or three years, that stuff's incredible. So there is a tier list. That's the bottom. That's kind of like the top.
0: It can definitely be like rough trying to like balance that, like good with the bad, but with you being, um, the anxious millennial cowboy, where does the anxiety come from? What's the deal on that?
1: I just, I don't, I'm not a a conversationalist. I don't know. Uh, anxious maybe. And maybe like not a, uh, I don't know. Would someone use the word neurotypical or a neurotypical or whatever?
0: Like more of like a social anxiety?
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes.
0: Oh man. So
1: this is a story I'm like I've ever told. Uh, in, I don't even know if middle school, but maybe like high school age, I had super, super bad social anxiety, like diagnosed medication, social anxiety. Like I can remember one time sitting at my desk, right? And I, like, it was like in the middle of like taking a test or something. But I could remember, like my whole like body would turn flush red. I would start sweating. Then I would become aware that for God knows what reason, like no one's looking at me. This is happening to my body. So then it even gets like ten times worse. What's going on? Like my eyes water and stuff. I'm I'm just just sitting in my desk. Uh, But like, yeah, I had terrible anxiety uh, as uh, like high school age. I think wrestling helped me get out of that to an extent because. Not that like I didn't, ha- not that I had like low self worth or anything like that, but like wrestling was always my passion and like where I felt comfortable, like what I liked doing. And once I was able to do that and see like some success in it, like being surrounded by you know twenty people, 200 people two hundred people, 20,000, like as that grew, uh, you get I think more comfortable with that and with yourself. Maybe I don't know. Wrestling helped me a lot with that. I think.
0: What was it like for you when you were a teacher? Because that's got to be rough. I feel like being a teacher and trying to talk to like high school students, like even when I would go do like the be a star things and we would go and like do these big campaigns, do these big speeches at high schools, at elementary schools, like that would rock my world. I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think by the time I was teaching, I had been like performing as a wrestler enough that like I could think of teaching as like, the performance. Uh, obviously different, but I could think of it that way. And I also think like these were high school kids. They weren't my peers, you know? So I it also like, there's less pressure there. I
0: don't know, man. High school kids are terrible.
1: I had some wild ones, but some of my classes were dual enrolled college classes and you had to have like a certain GPA or something like to get into the classes. So I had pretty good kids and they were in a computer lab so really, if they didn't want to do their work, they just like played games on the computer. So they just kind of like were quiet anyway.
0: You were teaching journalism, right? Uh,
1: yeah. Journalism, um, which really was like three or four weeks of me teaching journalism. And then for the rest of the semester, the students made the school yearbook, which shouldn't have taken that much time and effort. But like the yearbook class was, you know, I would think of it like in like the 80s or 90s, it was probably like you had to like do something to get into yearbook or something. This was almost the opposite. It was like these kids don't care about anything. They don't want to do anything. I don't want to throw them in that yearbook class. It was wild. And these are the students I would have like, just running around the school, like interviewing people and stuff. That was very difficult. So I did that and managed to get the school five yearbooks published for the five years I did it. So that was a thing. And I taught graphic design. And uh, the second class after just the graphic design class was Some graphic design, some like just more multimedia. So, like video and audio and all that kind of stuff as well.
0: Did your students know that you were a wrestler at the time or were you like living a double life?
1: Uh, They knew it was a small town. So, I would like on day one, uh, you know, like here's your course syllabus. Here's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm your teacher. I'm also a professional wrestler. Here's me. uh, Someone hit me in the head with a chair. You know what I mean? Like, get that out of the way. And I would ask a ton of questions after like day one. They're like, okay, whatever. And then I would teach all semester and every year it never failed. It'd be like Christmas. We're about to get out. Semester's almost over. Like last couple days of class where you're just watching movies and stuff. And one kid who would like never speak the whole class would finally be like, oh, hey, yeah, I watched, you know, the match you had against ACH last week. It was really good. I really like this. And I'm like, what are you, what? (laughs) What's going on? But they would never mention it until like the very last moment. Unreal.
0: Um, Okay. So winter is coming just around the corner. What, um, what are you expecting for you and the American dragon Brian Danielson? Like you said, you've not wrestled in a little bit. How do you feel before this match? This is huge.
1: I feel a lot better than I think I would have felt about it a year or two ago. I feel really good about it. I'm excited. I've obviously like anyone in wrestling, I've been watching Brian Danielson for a long time. You know what I mean? Like since I was in high school finding out that there's wrestling outside of what's on TV and you know, looking up stuff. He was obviously like one of the first people you stumble into. And now here we are about to be across the ring from each other at winter is Coming. Much like winning the championship, a surreal feeling, but I have to remind myself it's a very real thing that is going to be happening that I need to prepare for. But I do feel good about it. I was able to beat Kenny in less than 30 minutes, something that he couldn't do. And I'm trying to you know, in preparing for him, remind myself of that and not let the doubt creep in.
0: Just with like his hard hitting style and this version of Brian Danielson, this like unleashed, unhandcuffed version of him mentally and physically. What are going to be like your preparations before this match? Uh,
1: I'm stretching a lot.
0: I'm not like <laughs> I don't know if anybody's call. ever
1: noticed. I'm not uh, super flexible. <laughs> uh So I'm working on that because I'm sure uh, he'll take any opportunity to twist and tie me the hell up. And it doesn't take much uh, with my rigid frame. (laughs) Also doing a shit ton of cardio because he is a guy who's known to wrestle long ass matches. He
0: likes a good Iron Man match. He likes to go for it. Thankfully,
1: that's not what this is. (laughs) Uh, But I've upped that a a shit ton as well. And I've been revisiting, you know, every... Brian, matches I can think that I've seen before, revisiting them, rewatching them, stuff like that.
0: What are the ones that stand out for you that you think are top tier Brian Danielson matches?
1: Really, any of the ones with, with Nigel from Ring of Honor. I also like watching that because I feel like of all his rivals, I probably wrestled the most like Nigel, at least comparing. So I like to see how he would approach the match because it's, you know, we have similar offense or, or things like that.
0: Since Brian Danielson has entered AEW and we get to see Brian versus you, Brian versus Kenny Omega, I feel like the question often comes up of who is the best professional wrestler out of Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega? Who do you pick?
1: I've wrestled Kenny before. I've not wrestled Brian. So I don't know that I can give a very unbiased answer. But between the two, uh, neither has the AEW World Championship. No, they
0: don't chumps
1: uh until one of them beats me for it
0: or they answers me hell of an answer good answer (laughs) i mean i was hoping that i was gonna get you to kind of spill the beans on which one of them but uh, i like where you went on that
1: (laughs) to me it's subjective you know whatever you enjoy watching whoever you enjoy watching the most whether it's kenny or brian or me or fuego del sol or who the hell ever
0: when you were tagging with kenny um how different is it uh tagging with him versus being across the ring from him
1: tagging with him is a lot easier because he's, <laughs> sure. he's one of the best in the world and he's uh on your team uh not across the ring from you but the former prepares you for the latter i guess
0: so you mentioned ring of honor earlier what do you think about what's going on with ring of honor right now
1: i hope that you know whatever i know that, what i guess is this this weekend or by the time this airs this, this final battle will have happened um i hope that That's not the last final battle. It's not the true final battle. And, you know, not just, you know, for the the name of the company, it's something I've followed since before I started wrestling. And not even for all the people who right now have jobs there, but for all wrestlers and wrestling fans, uh, this works so much better, as you can tell, you know, with AEW and with our time in Ring of Honor and New Japan before. This works so much better when there are more places to work, So I hope that whatever's going on with them, I hope that they're able to bounce back in whatever form they can, you know, as soon as they can.
0: With all the things that you've been able to do throughout your career, all the different promotions you've been able to work for to championships that you've won to now being uh, the AEW world champion, how did you like, I want to say just like working through the pandemic, but being able to do the cinematic style matches, how was that experience for you?
1: wrestling during the pandemic sucked it was the absolute worst you would just like be going hard for 15 minutes and no one gave a shit because there's no one there to give a shit so then you're starting to think like oh my god i just did like you know superplex or whatever and no one gives a shit because there's no one there uh so it's silent so you think like i gotta hurry up and do something else because like that's how we're conditioned as wrestlers we respond and interact with the crowds that's there and then you take that away like I don't know what wrestling is. It sucked. But getting to do, you know, something like, uh, was the stadium stampede or whatever? It was really fun. Like the opportunity to do something that, you know, like when we did the first stampede, like would absolutely never work. If you told a live crowd that, hey, we're going to cut away from you guys and there's going to be a fight somewhere else that we are going to show like a movie on the screen. Like it would never work without the (laughs) pandemic. Um, It was a perfect time for something like that. And it was great. And it's not something that we're all completely unfamiliar with. Like the first time I saw Kenny was watching Kenny take a hurricane a, down a sand dune or something in some YouTube video. Like this is, those are my first impression of Kenny. I saw that. Matt and Nick had probably done like a thousand things before, you know, on BT or whatever. Same with me. Like, and even like when I was in high school, I, I was really into filmmaking. That's what I went to school for. And like, I, I made several movies with like Kung Fu fights and stuff in them. So it was like a very comfortable place to be a very I don't know something we'd all kind of done before, but the chance to do it like for real, like on the actual pay-per-view. <laughs> that was awesome.
0: I did not know that you went to school for film. What um what's like your end all be all of your recommending the perfect film? What is it? This is
1: another me giving terrible answers. <laughs> I don't know how you could test it, but I highly suspect. I was the worst film student of all time. I had never seen any of the like classic movies. You name it, I probably haven't seen it. I have no good recommendations. All it was when I was like 14 or 15, my parents had like a video camera where they filmed Christmas and all that kind of stuff when we were younger. And I thought like, oh, what if we took this and like me and my buddies like, oh, what if we like made a movie or whatever? And we started doing that for a couple of years and it turned into a hobby. So then I thought I'd go to school for it. I know nothing about film <laughs> at this point.
0: That's insane to me. Okay. Well, what's like your favorite movie? You don't have to give me like the Roger and Ebert version of something, but like if you were to say, this is a movie I will watch every time it's, if it's on TV or if it's on wherever, it's like your go-to feel good puts you in a certain place. What is that? Mine's sleepless in Seattle. I'll just put that out there. I love me a Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks combo in any capacity. I'll always watch it.
1: I haven't seen Forrest Gump in forever, but I remember like seeing it for the first time when I was five and not understanding what the hell was going on. And then, like, again, when I was seven and, like, understanding one more joke. And then, like, every time I would see it as a kid, like, oh, 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 I see what that is. And I'm sure if I watched it now, like, the historical context, I would understand, like, oh, oh, yeah, I never registered that before. That was one that, like, I guess as a kid growing up, I would see every few years and something would change with the movie.
0: That's a decent answer. We can roll with Forrest Gump. That's a decent answer. We we landed on something. Um, Okay, so we deviated off the wrestling stuff. But I just want to go back very quickly. Were you supposed to, or were there future plans at all in place for you and Brody to have done um, a program together?
1: I wanted to, and you know, a lot of times in it feels like what I'm thinking I would like to work towards might not be what that person's thinking. It might not be what Tony's thinking. It might not be what anybody else is thinking, but. You know, oh, I'll do a BTE scene and plant a seed for it and see what kind of reaction it gets. In almost you know 99 out of 100 cases, I'm pretty confident in the seeds that I would plant, what reaction they're going to get. And then I know that's going to drive, you know, where the story goes on TV as well. When there's a built in reaction to something, you go with it. And th- that's what this company is. Let's be honest. AEW exists because of something like being the elite, where we could have just these stupid ass storylines that in ring of honor and new japan started influencing the actual wrestling shows or in a lot of cases were more popular than the wrestling shows like i remember i'd be wrestling in ring of honor and people were chanting stuff from like our little stupid bte storyline that's why they were there that's why AEW exists because of those kinds of things so i was planting seeds to do something uh with brody because i really wanted to and when he i guess was ill and was gone. We didn't know what was going on. I like, I guess there were points where I felt like, I don't know, like, should I keep going this direction? I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I felt it would have been a disservice um, to him and to all of the dark order who are incredible people to like, not keep going the only way that made sense, regardless of where we would end up with it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very glad we did that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly. Um, well, before I let you go here, the lower thirds, During your entrance, do you come up with those? Who writes those?
1: No, there's, I guess some in the graphics truck who does all those. They clown on me all the time. I'm so pissed off about it. I've tried to get snitches from the truck. I've planted spies in the truck. I'm not sure that it's in the truck and not like back in the studio in Nashville or something like that. I can't figure out who it is and I'm fed up about it.
0: Yeah, you need to get another mole. You need to get someone doing an inside job and really get to the bottom of this then.
1: Yeah, I don't know. At this point, I don't know what to do about it. I'm the champion and I can't get it fixed. Uh, So I guess they're just probably going to keep clowning on me for the foreseeable future. But if I stop having lower thirds altogether or they start being nice to me or normal, then you'll know that
0: I, I got them. Well, hangman, I really appreciate you hopping on the sessions. It's great to see you. I'm glad that fatherhood is treating you well. Really excited to watch uh, you and Brian absolutely tear it up at Winter is Coming. Kick his ass.
1: I plan on it. Quickly.
0: Get your stretches in. Stay loose and <laughs> yes. limber, but kick the crap out of that guy. I will. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I, um, also, everyone's got to check out uh, Winter is Coming. Obviously, that's going to be fan-freaking-tastic. We've had so much great wrestling lately. Between like wrestling and UFC, there's been a no- lot like you know i feel like every weekend's busy with stuff it's fantastic so thanks all you pugilists you fighters you maniacs um all right guys make sure to check out the youtube page where you can see all these videos if you um want to get eyes on what we looked like when we were having this conversation, you can do that. Go to my YouTube page, just search my name. It will pop up there. You can subscribe, check everything out. Um, I know Emilio and I had kind of talked about this when he was on the episode with me a couple weeks back about how we got our plaques from YouTube because we surpassed 100,000 followers on YouTube. I think we're at roughly 120,000 now. So like we have to do an unboxing. We need to talk about this because what a cool freaking thing to have achieved. So stoked. And I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for doing this. Very, very cool. All right, guys. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Renee Paquette. Follow The Volume Sports. Check it all out. I love you guys. There, I said it. I was vulnerable. I love you. Goodbye.